Welcome back, everybody, for another exciting episode of Money for Everyone. On today's episode, it's going to be a really interesting conversation, and it's a really important conversation for the stage in whatever you know life stage you're at in your early 20s or even in your late 18s or 19s. We're talking about money and relationships, and this is really interesting because we bring a unique perspective. Megan's married, has been married for a while and can bring that more serious type of relationship to light and talk about some of the specifics around healthy communication, healthy money habits, and really how to take your own personal mindset around and habits around uh, finances and pair that with somebody else. It's difficult, but they're really successful. And I bring the perspective of a single person in their, you know, mid twenties that is, that is currently dating, you know, people and, uh, having those financial conversations can be difficult, but going to be a really candid conversation and we're excited to get into it. So, um, to kick things off, Megan, I I just want to get your overall opinion on having a significant other, having, um, being in a marriage and how do you handle your finances inside of your own marriage? Yeah, there's a lot there. I guess it started, I'm going to probably start from the more like the beginning of our relationship. Um, during like us dating, I guess I wasn't big into finance yet. This was before I got into it. So he was actually a really positive influence on me. He was very much a saver, didn't spend like anything, saved like most of his paycheck because at the time he was still only, I think, 19 and he was still living with his parents. And I was a big spender back then in my teen years. So he really positively impacted me to start saving and taught me the importance of that. So that was really great. And then as I learned more about money and became obsessed with it, he really supported me when it came to that. And I we just had a lot of really open conversations about it. And I basically taught him more about money. I would read a book or something and basically regurgitate whatever I learned um, <laughs> to him. And then... We basically sat down, we sit down together every now and then. And every time I learn new information, I let him know about it. And we go over, we create plans together. You know, like what are our end goals in life in general? Because if it's, you know, traveling or having a kid, whatever it may be, you're going to need money to do those things. And so you need to talk about that. The root of most things is money. So... We just sit down and create plans together and we go over what we want to accomplish and we check in and we make sure that we're staying on top of our goals and we are just very conscious with our daily decisions like okay do we want this i know it's different for everybody depends what you're into spending money on but it's like i don't know like do you want this 20 dollars decor pillow or would you rather just save that $20 or invest that $20. And so sometimes I weigh the pros and cons. And I like to ask myself a lot of questions before I make purchases. Like, do I really need this? Do I have something similar? Will this actually add value to my life? Um, and I think that really helps. And Brandon also helps me not spend money sometimes. And we've made the choice to not really go shopping for fun anymore. Um, and if we do, I'm really conscious the whole time I'm in the mall or the store or whatever and making sure that I, I'm kind of testing my willpower, I guess. And when we right, do, yeah. yeah. And when we go, we try our best. Well, now I try not to go with other people 
because I've learned that other people definitely like peer pressure me and like, oh, well, it's only $20. Oh, if you really want it then. And it's like, yeah, I want it, but I don't need it. I know I'm kind of going off topic of marriage here. <laughs> and more specifically. I mean, it's all, it's all relevant, right? And I think, yeah. um, it, it, I think what the interesting part about everything you just said is the accountability piece and mm -hmm. the vision and goal alignment. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have the same attitudes towards money, or if you're not on the same page, there's so many areas that the armor can crack, so to speak. There's so many opportunities for arguments. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it's really interesting because, you know, I see this a lot of the times in today's society. It's like people don't even talk about what their financial picture is going to look like in 10, 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, folks get married, they get engaged, and they don't really have those conversations up front, especially when it even comes to, you know, where you're going to live. What type of house do you want? What type of cars do you want to drive? Um, yeah. What, what retire, you know, what, what, what is your future ambitions? Like all of that is at the root about money. So I think it'd be interesting if you can provide a little context uh, to our listeners when you and Brandon are faced with a decision, let's say to buy a new vehicle or even the decision, like walk us through what those conversations look like when you chose to purchase your parents' house, which is super exciting, but also a very, a very serious thing to go out and do. I I'm really curious to see how those conversations and how you guys handle kind of the day-to-day, -day, you know, financial um, implications to all of that. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to say really quick is it's not my parents' house at all. I bought it from oh, the people okay. that sold the house or my parents sold the house to this couple. And then I bought it back from the people my parents sold it to. Um, so I didn't buy it from my parents gotcha. or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it still is my childhood home though. So basically same thing. Um, when it comes to those conversations though, I will sit down. We often sit down with like a notebook, pen and paper, or me, since I'm really into financial stuff, I'll like write out in Excel, like pro con lists of different options. I guess for your example of like different cars, like we don't want to buy a new vehicle right now. And I guess we made, well, it was more Brandon's mistake. It was right before we got married, literally two months before we got married. So he bought a new vehicle and um, now we both regret that, that he bought a newer vehicle. But when it comes to those decisions now, we're just, you're just super mindful. You just need to weigh the pros and cons and the other person may value things more than, or may value different things more than other things that you value. So Brandon maybe really cares about the storage space in the vehicle, but maybe I don't care about that. I care about safety, or maybe he cares more about like the comfort of it, you know, different things like that. So it, there's a lot to go through there. And I guess buying our house to making that choice, we almost bought a different house before this, but Brandon had a really bad gut feeling randomly about it. And he normally doesn't ever get that. And he just said like, no, I don't think we should. And he got really upset. And I was like, Brandon, that's fine. Like we don't have to buy this house. And I'm like, I'm not mm -hmm. going to force you to make this huge purchase or this huge life decision if that's not what you want to do. And he was like, oh, okay. You know, because we were still at that point only together for like two years, I think it was. Yeah. A bit over two years. So we hadn't been together like a long time. And I'm like, if you're not comfortable or ready for that, I, you just need to respect each other, I think, and just have real conversations. And if somebody is like, I don't want to buy this house, then you need to be, you're not going to buy that house then. You know, you can't force somebody into 
you know, a 30 year or 15 year mortgage commitment if they don't want to do that. I mean, it, it, it's really interesting to to hear that story about, you know, Brandon having that gut feeling mm-hmm. and you being so supportive in that decision because it is a very long term decision yeah. that is going to impact your future and, and everything involved. So I, I like the not only the accountability piece that you guys obviously have a very strong communication mm-hmm. and a strong system of holding each other accountable, but also helping each other out and like you said, just stay mindful of how everybody feels in the relationship and having a person that is truly going to support not only your decisions, but also hold you to a high standard. I I just see that as being really important in terms of finance and just overall habits in life too. And I think that's super important for a successful marriage. And my perspective is always have that in the back of your head, right? Like, Because you don't want to go down the path where in 20 years, you're always trying to make your significant other happy and, you know, obviously spending a ton of money and doing all that. Like you don't want to live life with any regrets. And and I think that's super important to have those conversations and have a healthy communication up front, I I think is, uh, is really important. But, um, in terms of the accountability piece, I'm curious to see how else you guys um, hold each other accountable on just day-to-day spending habits or even yeah. investing or just walk us through what that looks like. It's funny you say that because actually I think there was a situation, I think last weekend, um, well, like we had, well, last week we had like two leaks in our house that cost 250 bucks and then the same day a third of our fence fell over and that's probably going to be like $700, $1,000, something like that. Jeez. And then, you know, Brandon then saw online or he started talking with one of his friends again and he's like, oh, I have some disc golf equipment that I'm, I'm willing <laughs> to sell to you for really cheap. And he's getting back into it and he really loves it and values it, you know? And he got like a ton of stuff for just like 150 bucks. But he he called me randomly. He was like, hey, can I spend $150 in disc golf stuff? And I got mad at first. I my, I had an initial rea- emotional reaction of like, no, you can't spend $150 on that stuff. We just, we just had this, you know, leak happen. We just had the fence fall down. Like, what do you, like, where is this coming from, you know? And then, you know, so he didn't buy it right away. And he came home and talked to me about it. And I'm like, okay, so, and he's like, this is a really good deal. He explained why. And it turns out that he got like $600, $700. He can get $600, $700 worth of stuff for just 150 bucks. And he has had a plan on how he was going to resell the majority of those things to make back the money he spent. I'm like, okay, see, that's fine. So um, we talked about it. I'm like, yeah. And that's why he thought it wouldn't be a big deal, but I didn't know all that information. So that's just a little example of holding each other accountable in the day to day. And we talked about, I'm like, well, I just, I'm want to make sure that we're sticking to our plans and our goals. And now that I know that, oh, well he can sell one of the things that he got like a disc golf basket for like 70 bucks that makes up half the price already. And then he got like 40 other discs with it, you know? And so, um, he's reselling a bunch of that to make all the money back. And then it's doesn't really matter then. So I guess that's just one random example of how we hold each other accountable. That's great. And I always, I always put it in the context of golfing. So I, I'm an avid golfer and I follow a lot of golfing, um, Instagram pages and it's always this running joke around, Oh, my wife's not going to let me buy this new club, but I did it anyways, you know, type of mm-hmm. mentality or like, 
hey, I just got, you know, the stimulus check. I'm going to go out and buy a new set of clubs and get a new, you know, get a new like um, a golf course, like country club pass or something like that. And there's always memes around like the wife being unhappy. But I think (laughs) that, too, it's just so interesting because he's already thinking of it from a financially responsible perspective. Yep. Like, it's not just, hey, I want this. It's like, hey, how can we make this work in the context of our overall financial goals, which I think is just incredible. Yeah. And one thing I want to add, too, is if it's something that you really value and really want and will use all the time, then it's like, yeah, spend the money on it. If you're going to go disc golfing like every day that you can this summer, yeah, it makes sense to spend money on that stuff. But you just want to make sure that whatever you're spending money on is truly worth it. Like how I like one thing. Oh, I just thought of this. One thing that I love to do is do like cost per use breakdown. So when you're going to buy something, think like I wanted, I don't know, this is like a stupid random example, but (laughs) like a (laughs) reclining outdoor chair for the backyard. I lay out there all the time in the summer. Okay. And I'm like, all right, this thing costs 50 bucks. If I, you know, how long until this item will potentially break or wear out or whatever? And how many uses will I get out of it? Like just this summer. And it's like, oh, well, if I do the math, maybe it's like 50 cents per use because I can't sit out there every day. It's going to rain. It might storm, whatever it may be working, whatever it may be. So then it's like, all right, am I willing to pay 50 cents for each time I sit in this chair? Mm, probably not. So I'm probably going to pass. So I do things like that. I I actually, I just learned that from my aunt the last time I saw her down in Illinois a couple weeks ago, we stopped there and that's something she brought up was like cost per use or cost per wear or stuff like that. So I think that's something that's a good way to be mindful too, when you're making a purchase of something like, all right, how many times am I going to use this thing before it's, I no longer want to use it anymore or whatever it may be. That's such a great mindset to have and such a great kind of like uh, just an overall habit to have before purchasing something because we buy a lot of stuff that we don't use. I mean, I I remember sitting um, in my freshman college marketing class and my marketing professor was like, guess how much much things you buy and you still use a year later. And it's like 85 to 90 percent of the things that you buy, granted, food and all that is temporary. But again, the material items that you do have most of the time you just throw them out or they get like one or two uses out of it. Yep. I'll give a quick example and then we'll get back on topic. But when I was back in Fort Myers, I just always wanted to get into fishing. I thought it was so fun. I always Mm -hmm. saw my friends go out and fish. But what I didn't realize was fishing in the ocean is a lot different than fishing in the lakes Yes, (laughs) here in Minnesota. It's a lot tougher and you really have to go out with someone that's experienced. Yes. I didn't know that. So on Sunday, I was bored and I bought a $150 fishing pole. I went to Bass Pro Shop, bought a fishing pole. I'm like, this is going to be fun. Go out on my kayak and do some fishing. Researched, got got the line that I needed, and it came out to be like $250. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I already spent money on the fishing pole. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get bait. I'm going to do all this. I went out for like an hour and a half, got bored because I wasn't catching anything. And then it just sat there. And Mm -hmm. I never went fishing again in Florida. That's now that fishing pole is sitting at my parents' house and I'm like, I better get use out of it this summer. And I'm going to make a conscious effort to go out fishing because it not only was expensive, but also those purchases, um, 
if you had, uh, you know, if, if I was married and, you know, had that healthy communication like you and Brandon have, mm-hmm. it's the same conversation. It's like, do you really need this? Yep. How often are you going to use it? Is this really going to bring you joy? Um, so that that's really interesting. The last question I want to ask you, Megan, is what advice would you have to our listeners before um, engagements or before marriage when it comes to finances? Maybe something that you and Brandon haven't thought about that you wish you would or just any normal advice that you'd give our listeners? Wow, I love that question. I would definitely say, talk about money in general. Talk about where you both are at financially. I think it makes sense to combine your finances after you get married. I think it's so much better um, for both of you. You The combined power you two can have together to invest and save is so much more it's just so much better than just one person. So that would be my advice. First of all, is to talk about how much do you have in savings? How much, you know, debt do you have? And then the next step, obviously, if you're going to be getting married to this person or entering some sort of long-term relationship, you need to make sure that your goals are the same. Um, or, or they don't need to be the exact same, but generally, like obviously if one person wants to have a kid and the other person doesn't, you're going to run into a major problem later on down the road. And those, like I said before, you know, your life goals often do cost money. Like if you want to buy a house, travel, have a kid, etc. So I think it's very important to make sure that those goals align. Um, and then the final thing I guess I would say is that I know this doesn't necessarily only, this doesn't only apply to married people, but houses are way more expensive than you think. Um, and they, I don't think that everybody should run out and buy a home. And I don't think homeownership is for everybody. I, if it's something that you really value and want to do, and it's one of the few areas in your life that you want to spend money on, go ahead. Um, but there, there's so much to it it's so much more than just your mortgage payment. You know, there's taxes, insurance, um, home improvement projects. There's just so much and heating, cooling, it costs more than an apartment. And yeah, that's my advice for people entering into long-term relationships slash thinking about buying a house. (laughs) So now that we talked about marriage and money a little bit, Eric, I would like to ask you some questions about dating and money. So when you are going on, I don't, I don't know if you bring up money right away in the first date, but (laughs) when you are on the third date or the fourth date or whatever it may be with somebody, how do you go about bringing up money or talking about money? I guess. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And for our listeners too, like, uh, again, I'm 24 years old. So my dating right now, it's not like I'm dating just a date and I don't think anybody my age or our age is dating just to date anymore. You're really dating to find someone that you want to share the rest of your life with. So I think this can resonate with everybody um, that's listening. That's even in a marriage or, you know, out single as myself or even in a committed relationship. I think it's really important to be on the same page in terms of your income potential, in terms of uh, what the future that you want to build for yourself and also the future that you want to build for your kids. So my mindset and the advice that I'll share is that obviously it's not the first thing that you bring up. It's a little bit awkward if you start talking about money on the first date or start sharing some of that, some of those details, but there's some tricks that I use to kind of get an understanding of, you know, if I see things working out and I think 
once you start and you make that commitment to somebody that you want to start dating them, I think it's really important because you're going to start going on dates. You're going to start going on trips. You're going to start sharing things together. And it's really important to be on the same page about money. And what I'll say too is it's really, for me, especially being a guy, it's obviously a gentleman thing to to obviously pay for the first date. But I always um, see kind of what their reactions to me spending money on them is. Are they appreciative? Uh, Do they offer, you know, things like that will give indication of how they, how responsible they are with their money. What's um, kind of their expectations for money in a relationship and coming from a guy's perspective, it's also good to, to get a sense of how, you know, thankful they are for those types of things. But I think right around once you start really getting to know somebody, I think understanding what they want to accomplish out of life, you know, do they have a stable job? You know, do they want something more out of life? Do they, what kind of are their tastes, right? Do they really like expensive things? Do they like to travel? Even their background, you know, how do they parents, you know, how do their parents raise them? Like it's, it's not like I'm completely, you know, obviously, reading into it too much but it's really important to get that understanding before you start sharing financial conversations but i'm typically really upfront with how i handle my money why money is so important to me more or less along the lines of stability and financial freedom yeah and being able to adventure go on trips and just live the life i've always wanted to live i resonate with people who share that same vision and that for me dating as long as that vision is there as long as they're appreciative and they want similar things then i think everything else follows right i I think the habits and the conversations around debt i mean i even share goals when i go on dates i I share the goals that i have if they ask like Mm -hmm. if they ask hey where do you want to be in five years it's very typical kind of break the ice question but yeah (laughs) i'm always like hey i want to pay off all my debt you know i i want to own a cabin up north I would like to travel to Europe a few times before I settle down. I want to see a lot of, you know, I want to go to Australia. I have a lot of goals mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And if those goals line up, right, I think everything else will just fall into place. And I think that's so critical, but so overlooked because it's kind of a taboo topic, right? It's sort of uncomfortable to talk about money. It's it's uncomfortable if you're not in the financial situation you want to be, it can almost make you feel inferior. But I think just being cognizant of where you want to end up, it doesn't matter where you are right now. It all matters where you want to end up. And having someone that supports you like you and Brandon is a freaking treasure. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a pillar in a strong relationship. And that's something I want for myself. So Obviously, I don't talk about it in the first couple of dates, but again, it's it's always on the back of my head. And I just think it's, you know, when the timing is right to have that conversation, I would say do it. Why not do it now? Why mm-hmm. wait until, you know, you get into a committed relationship or even when you're in a committed relationship, it's never too late to start talking uh, about finances. And I think that's my biggest word of advice for everybody listening. If you haven't had that conversation, or maybe just now you're getting into start thinking about investing, start thinking about what your financial life wants to be like, have that conversation and work through conflict. Again, I'm a big fan of psychology and finance. And there's a lot of psychology around finance, especially when it comes to relationships. And it really can make or break 
you know, your your financial future if your significant other isn't supportive. But again, there's ways to to overcome that. And it all starts with healthy communication. And it all starts with having the same why and having the same vision. And I think if that aligns in dating, it's it's gonna work out. So that's that's my advice there. Yeah, that's perfect. I absolutely love everything you said there. I'm also similar in the way that if somebody asks me something, like I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna, like if you ask mm -hmm. me what my goals are, I'll say, I'll tell you. I, even with anything, like if someone genuinely wants to know something, I'm pretty much an open book. If you ask me, I'll tell you, but I'm just not gonna come out and run around and like tell everybody everything right off the bat. Yeah, I think that was some great advice. I think that's something that everybody should follow with all sorts of different relationships, particularly, you know, more romantic ones or long-term ones. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it's the, the relationship you have will help you out. It's the number one influence. Your significant other really is the number one influence on your financial future and the mm -hmm. outcomes that you have and what your life wants to be like. And yep. so it can either harm it or help it. Yep. And through healthy communication, through having the same vision and just understanding and even working towards the same goal. Like if you're both not in a financially stable position or are just, you know, makes you uneasy or frankly, if you're just clueless, that's completely okay. Start small, start saving a little bit. And I think what would be cool, and I might start doing this, is if you are in a committed relationship and you just feel like you guys haven't talked about money do something fun, right? And I think this would be really cool for some of our listeners to do and for us to collect feedback on. And I think we'll ask for feedback on this. But I challenge some listeners this week to um, have a conversation with their significant other and plan for a trip. Plan for like a three, a four day trip. Do something really exciting, something really fun that you've always wanted to do. And about how you're going to pay for that trip. Think about savings. Think about things that you can cut back on in the next month to plan for that trip. Because not only are you going to have really fun time on this trip, but it's starting to train you to have that healthy communication to really align a certain goal and cut back on spending. Like Megan, you're talking about Brandon and disc golf. Like <laughs> I, I could see a lot of relationships being like, "Hey, let's go out to dinner." Oh no, let's 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 stay home. Yeah. Let's let's just make food. Let's save that fifty, sixty dollars, and let's so put that toward the vacation fund. Yep. Oh, take that vacation and have a conversation afterwards and just see how you guys feel. I'm, I bet that there's going to be some arguments. I bet that there's going to be some conflicts and it's really healthy to obviously work through those conflicts when it comes to scaling back, but just take a deep breath on that vacation. Think about where you guys were a couple months ago and just, you know, I think that would be a great exercise for everybody to go through. Because then again, that communication is going to trickle through marriage. It's going to help you understand how each other works through conflict. And honestly, it's going to make the decision to either get married or purchasing a house or any big asset that you're going to acquire. It's going to make those conversations just a little bit easier. That's a great challenge, Eric. That, yeah, everything you said was great there. It will definitely teach people how to talk with each other about money and start learning how to achieve goals together financially. I think that's great. 
So with that, I think we're going to wrap up the episode. Thank you all for listening. As always, you can reach us at moneyforeveryonepodcast at gmail.com and at moneyforeveryone2021 on Instagram. And remember to feel love and gratitude for yourself, others, and even your money.